Welcome to this special uh, episode of Frankentech. Uh, my name is George Barsinus, and I'm actually going to be doing this by myself just because I want to give you a season uh, recap and then also kind of tell you what's happening next um, with our episodes of Frankentech. Um, for some of you, uh, it's been a very long time, and some of you guys are just finding this podcast for the first time. And what we wanted to experiment with the first season is the dynamic of having three hosts. Um, being able to tackle the issues we wanted to tackle, and then uh, being able to find the time for this. Um, there's a couple changes that happened that kind of derailed us a little bit over the summer and the start of the year. Um, Erwin Espino um, has actually now taken a new position for Napa County, um, uh, and I will let him tell you a little bit more about that um, in our next episode. And then um, I've actually uh, switched over to become the technology coordinator in his absence. So I have been um, basically finding out how technology and education work together. I knew how the education side was, but seeing how uh, how important and how much um, the technology side, or basically how much Erwin was doing in the background, um, and also with Jacob of how to make the things run in our district the way they do. So that's been kind of a, a whirlwind of um, things to happen. So um, I wanted to kind of start this episode with telling you um, we actually just finished um, filming our episode with um, Brendan on the Moonshot Incubator Program. And it was the last thing that we talked about in season one. And we're going to call that season one um, because we really reflected on the things that worked and didn't work. Um, As you can tell, we just try to do everything in one take uh, with no edits. And so sometimes we got a little random in what we were doing and uh, and we were just, you know, kind of just talking off the cuff and sometimes not the easiest way to listen to somebody trying to explain uh, the things that we were trying to explain. And so in this one, what I want to do is set up what's happening this season. Um, There are two other podcasts that I'm involved with that um, because I am paying for this all for myself and I don't want to go and and try to sell and and try to get people to sponsor us and all this. This is my passion project. And what I have done is created two other podcasts along with this one that will be on this same feed until someone decides to say, you know what, this guy needs his own feed for each of these uh, and base for it. But right now, since it's out of my pocket, it's all going to go on one feed. And so the other two podcasts that I want to share with you are two different things that all, for me, are part of this passion project. Um, Frankentech is about looking at technology and education. Um, the second podcast that I'm going to share with you on this feed is called YYOK, um, which is a podcast that I've been working on with my two um, boys, Uh, My oldest, which is 10, and my middle child, which is 8. And we spent about 45 minutes in the car um, driving from home to work. And we've been discussing things in the car. I've been making them listen to podcasts. And what's been happening out of that is something organic. That is, they wanted to start a podcast because they had questions. And we want to have discussions in the car and record those discussions. Um, So this first episode that's going to come up is the boys asking questions to me. So they're both going to ask me a why. So that's why we call it why why. And then I'm going to try to answer on the fly using um, what we used to do as parents um, is before Google or before the invention of the Internet having so much information on our fingertips is I'm going to try to explain from what I have my own knowledge on what the question it is, the best of my ability. But then I want my boys to learn how to do research and how to do fact-finding for themselves. So they're going to go after I give my answer, find out if my answer is fake news 
or if uh, if it's wrong, how what is the truth, and hopefully teach them how to do research and for them. Uh, to kind of you know just get expand on the on the issues they want to know about. So I'm kind of excited about that. The first episode was a lot of fun, and I'm going to share that on the feed called Why Why Okay. The second podcast that I have that I want to share with you is called Coaching Coaching with the Heart. Um, I'm also a basketball coach, and I had a chance to coach with two probably the people that I will always call my brothers, um, Jordan Kurgan and Doug Wilson who shared so many years with me coaching um, and, and kind of bonding and then finding out, you know, the way that we wanted to do things. And we really realized that a lot of the stuff that we did and the success that we built off it was based off relationships more than X's and O's. And so this podcast will also carry that those leadership and, and things that we tried out and those relationship tips that we used to kind of build a team. Um, to build a community, uh, to build a family, um, and share it with you because I feel like coaching and teaching and being a leader, those are all things that we can always discuss. So we want to share some of the things that we learned, uh, some of the things that uh, we have experienced, and hopefully give you some inspiration in that way. So I'm, I hope that you guys will start to see the feed. We'll start to get full with a lot of different episodes in there. And at some point when uh, the podcast um kind of get big enough we'll separate them into three different ones but for right now they will all be on the same feed all right now let me get to this first episode of frank and tech and i want to set this up because i do want this to be kind of reminder what we were talking about and then i also want to show you how powerful the conversation was that we had and that we recorded it um we were actually able to record this conversation over a hangout uh on google on air or hangouts on air um using youtube and so we will actually give you the uncut video option if you want to watch it um there's some great stuff that was in there but for um just to just to keep it within under an hour there was some editing done of of things that um just kind of dragged on a little bit maybe or that just you know quick little edits to shorten the time period of it but I wanted to kind of give you an idea of what we talked about, what it is. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is the 20% time, which is really important because we kind of jumped into the conversation with Brendan without really explaining uh, what the 20% time. And if you've never heard of that, it may seem a little weird what he's doing, but also um, it doesn't give enough background on how powerful it is what he's doing. Um, 20% time projects, or he's calling it the moonshot incubator is something that google did um and it, and it still kind of does through some program called project x but it was a uh, something they were asking their engineers to do is that they could take 20 percent of their week on something that was a project that didn't have to do anything what they were currently working on something that they wanted to try out and it was really innovative and in the things that came out of of doing it that way the tier for for doing this was that you had to figure out what is something you think Google needs to be doing? And that's kind of a powerful question um, that came from this 20% time. Because if you look at 20% time of your week, that basically means one day a week. So Monday through Thursday, you're doing what you need to do for Google for what they require to do and what project you're working on. But they give you one day to see what passion project you're going on that can help you Google but using your own ideas for that. And so some of the projects that came out of this that are powerful are you got Gmail, um, Google News, um, AdSense, which brings in a lot of revenue for Google, and Google Earth, um, and then the Google Art Project. Now, um, that was the beginning of that, and it still kind of is going on. It's not um, – it's kind of a um, – 
it's kind of dying down because it's being more restrictive and and how you can do it. They're asking you now to get approval before you go on it, so it's not as the as freewheeling as I think it was at the beginning. Uh, but be, out of this came out another thing that I think um, is pretty powerful, which is the Project X. Um, and Google's Project X is um, their uh, moonshot laboratory or moonshot uh, projects that they have. So a couple of the moonshot projects, these are things that are totally out of the box. Um, they have one called a Project Loom, which is a balloon-powered internet for everybody. And right now, um, some of it has been used in Puerto Rico um, to reach. Um, it's a huge weather balloon that goes up and has an internet signal for people to be able to contact and use that. Um, so that's been kind of cool. Uh, another one's called Foghorn, which is making fuel from sea seawater. Um, and uh, another one is using uh, Malta, using salt to store energy. And so there's all these ideas that are out there. And one of the things they're doing is they're celebrating failure. Um, they're asking you to try totally reinvent, do something totally out of the box. And they celebrate you when you fail because you ask some very specific questions about yourself. And you'll hear some of uh, these ideas in uh, Brendan's talk about what they do at their school. Um, to give you a better idea, here's a short little clip um, from uh, the TED Talk about uh, a commercial that they do for Project X that talks about celebrating failure. So this is um, a couple different people that are part of the project, but I think it gives you a better idea of what I'm talking about. The actual moonshot is wonderful, inspirational, poetic, beautiful, involved, great technical challenges, genuine heroism. It brought the world together. But think about the Polynesian Islander on the dugout canoe, deciding one day they were gonna go that way. No one had ever been that way before. No one even knew if there was anything that way before. It was amazing, and it changed the world. People can set their minds to magical, seemingly impossible ideas, and then through science and technology, bring them to reality. And that then sets other people on fire, that other things that look impossible might be accomplishable. Galileo is such a hero, you know, in thinking big, and what he represents to me is both curiosity and wonder that humanity had, that he had, that pushed him and drove himself to invent and work on the first telescopes that allowed us to see the moon, and here we are. These aviation pioneers were, were figuring it out as they went. No one really knew how to build an airplane, right? No one knew how to fly an airplane. It was amazing and crazy and wonderful, and they wanted to explore. Many years ago, the great British explorer George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it. He said because it is there. There's so many challenges in the world and you can feel daunted by that, you know, and sort of oppressed by that. Or you kind of say, how might we think differently about this? Everyone else in the world is working on the next 10%. If you can be the one that delivers that 10 times improvement, you have a chance to really change things. If you want cars to run at 50 miles per gallon, fine, you can retool your car a little bit. But if I tell you it has to run on a gallon of gas for 500 miles, you have to start over. You need a lot of courage in this work and you need a lot of persistence. One of the things that's really critical is not only have the courage to keep trying every day or thinking big, even if you don't really 100% believe it's possible, like you might think this might be possible. Have the courage to try. That's how the greatest things have happened. Wow. I, 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 I hope you understand a little bit more on, on 
how this if this can affect education. And so what I want to do is I want to bring you to um, two videos that um, have been done, and this will be in the show notes um, that have been done by uh, Moonshot Incubator, kind of taking this a step further and pushing it down the realm of 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 education. And so the Moonshot Incubator um, is located right now in Hawaii. It's where the the this is where I'm interviewing um, Brendan from. Um, not actually there, which would be awesome, but remotely, and. Um, and asking those questions about um, what they're doing. So the first one here is going to be talking a little bit more about uh, what is the Moonshot Incubator um, in the school system. But I wanted you to first hear where the original uh, Project Acts and the Moonshot idea came from. Uh, if you didn't hear um, uh, the great quote from uh, JFK talking about uh, why did he climb um, Mount Everest was because it was there. Um, we have a mountain to climb and it's here and we, we have to climb it. So let me just express why this is important to me is because we need something different. What we're doing right now isn't filling the needs of every kid. And this is where I feel can take it a step further. So here's uh, Brennan talking about um, the idea of the Moonshot Incubator um, school system. What if? What if students were allowed to spend 20% of their school week away from their traditional classrooms, working on projects that were meaningful to them and their communities? What if we created a system of hyper-collaborative laboratories across the country, outfitted with the bleeding-edge tools of the modern economy? A place where students can dream, design, prototype, and build moonshot solutions to the great challenges of the day. A place where they are plugged into a global network of educators, businesses, researchers, coders, robotics engineers, and other experts to help guide them along the way. At the laboratory, students have a chance to grow their big ideas into moonshots. What if students also had an incubator to help them build startup companies around their ideas? An incubator that leverages a revolutionary investment model that invites venture capitalists, angel investors, school districts, nonprofits, and local community members to own equity in each student startup, making them literally vested in the success of student ideas and partners in the transformation of the American education system. What if students emerged from the laboratory with enormous amounts of empowerment and student agency? So much so that when they return to their traditional classrooms, an awakening happens and students become the disruption that creates meaningful change in our schools. What if the same place where students were learning how to transform the world was also the place where disrupted educators could learn how to transform education? A place where they engage in their own 20% time to learn how to use Horizon technology and next generation teaching strategies to transform their classrooms into places that inspire creation, innovation, and entrepreneurship. It is here they become empowered moonshot educators ready to return to schools all across the country and join their students in transforming their traditional classrooms into launch pads for a new era in American education. Moonshot Laboratory and the Moonshot Incubator. Turning what ifs into what's next. This is a, the last episode that we did on this. This is where the lot of discussion questions came in when I presented this idea and meeting um, Brendan and having um, a long conversation about this and feeling like in my soul I felt this of how what this idea 
could do and uh, thinking about my own um, students that I, I work with and, and what could happen with that. And so when we came back in discussion, I brought this up. Um, one of the comments was, well, how do you make – you hear ideas like this sometimes that are um, like a pie in the sky that like, well, you have a certain type of student or it's a school that has all these resources or you know, it, it's, it's always this different model that doesn't quite fit what you're in. Um, the school district that I work in, um, we're Title I. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's basically free and reduced lunch. Um, our kids come from a highly uh, poverty area and um, and mostly are, are Hispanic. Um, we are one-to-one with Chromebooks, so they have some computer devices, but we don't have any of the you know big budget items that we would need uh, for things that people talk about that you could be doing. And um, I looked at this program and I thought that this was something that was fulfilling a need that I think is important and kind of taking a model that's pretty impressive. And so before we get into the, the episode and before uh, we put this, I want to leave you with one final clip. Um, this is, to me, the one that sold me on what I believe in this program. Um, so this is a story of a student working through, seeing how it works how hands-on, and again, um, how a small idea can can really change the world um, or the community, starting with the community, then the world, I guess. Uh, but listen again to Brendan um, talking about a story of a student going through their moonshot idea. Our story starts with Kaoni, a 16-year-old kid from Hawaii. Every day, Kaoni wakes up before sunrise, grabs his board, and heads down to the beach to catch some waves before school. Not only is he a great surfer, but he spends his weekends training to be a lifeguard. Being a lifeguard is the perfect mix of his love for his community and his love for the ocean. After surfing, Keone heads off to start his week at his regular public school. For four days a week, Keone learns all the standards-based content he needs, but he learns it in a very traditional, teacher-centered way. Then on Friday, something different happens. Instead of going to his regular public school like usual, he packs up all the learning he has done and brings it with him to his community's moonshot laboratory for his 20% time. When he gets there, he checks the list of workshops available for the day. He finds one that looks interesting and heads over to the design lab to work with a local drone expert from a company in town. The expert teaches the Moonshot students a little about the science and engineering behind drones and then facilitates them through a design sprint for them to come up with ways UAVs could be used to improve the quality of life for people in their community. This is when Keone has a big idea. When he trains to be a lifeguard, he learns that every second counts. Depending on how far away a swimmer in distress is and how strong the currents are, could take a long time to swim out there to help. Coyote wonders if there's a way to use drones to decrease the amount of time it takes to get aid to a swimmer who needs help. So in the afternoon, he meets up with a group of community lifeguards that have partnered with the Moonshot Laboratory. Together, they work to figure out ways lifeguards could use drones and what kind of device they could deliver to swimmers in distress to help keep them afloat until the lifeguard is able to get out to them. After the meeting, he heads back to the Moonshot Laboratory, where he has access to all the tools, textiles, design software, laser cutters, 3D printers, and everything else he needs to make his prototype, as well as on-staff local experts to help him build it. 
Once he is done building his prototype, he brings it out to the beach to test it. But things don't go as planned. It just wasn't accurate enough or quick enough to get out to the swimmer. Also a big problem was that even if he was able to get it to work, there would need to be two lifeguards there, one to operate the drone and one to rescue the swimmer. And Keone knew that just wasn't going to happen. Most people would just give up after failing so many times, but not Keone. At the Moonshot Laboratory, students are taught how to learn from their mistakes and to fail forward. This design just wasn't going to work out. He needed a breakthrough technology to make the prototype better, so he got to work. Keone decided he needed some help, so he did a search through the global network of experts and professionals that have partnered with Moonshot Laboratories around the country. He found a UAV expert in Kansas and spoke to him over video chat. The expert told him some Moonshot Laboratory kids in Kansas were working on ways to use UAVs and GPS technology to do 3D disaster mapping of areas hit by tornadoes. This is when Keone had another big idea. This past summer, he traveled to San Francisco to present his last project at the student-led Moonshot Summit. While there, he also attended a workshop hosted by a student from East Palo Alto named Sophia. Sophia was working with a group of Stanford graduate assistants on a cool new app. The app would allow parents to use GPS to quickly locate where their kids were, as well as get real-time health and wellness updates through the kids' smartwatch. This helped parents to make sure their child wasn't lost, sick, or in trouble. So Keone pinged Sophia to ask her to be on his Moonshot project team. She was excited to help out with such a cool idea. Now it was back to the Moonshot Laboratory to build version 2.0. After a few more weeks, with his new project team, he was ready to test another prototype. One of Keone's friends swims out into the ocean with Sophia's app loaded on his smartwatch. His friend taps the help button on his watch and his location and vital signs are sent automatically to Keone's smartphone. Keone taps the rescue button and the UAV roars to life. It lifts off on its own and automatically finds his friend in the water using his GPS location and gently drops the flotation device next to him. This all happens in a fraction of the time it would have taken for Keone to swim out. Keone's moonshot project is a success. This just goes to show that when students collaborate with experts, are supported by community partnerships, and work together to take charge of their own education, their big ideas can become a reality. The Moonshot Laboratory, a place where kids don't just build moonshots, they become moonshots. I love that. I think that's, for me, um, hearing the story of Keone and, and seeing that failure um, is accepted as part of the process. And I hope that as you listen to um, Brendan's words and the, the discussion that we have, because we wanted this to be an honest conversation of well, the positives and negatives, how they're doing it, how it works, um, questioning some of the concepts, and then getting a chance to flesh it out and saying, hey, is this really something that uh, can be adapted? to be used anywhere and to hear his words um, for me is one of the favorite, probably one of the most favorite moments um, I had in doing this podcast of being able to have these kind of 
mind-changing, life-changing. I don't know how you want to think about it, but hopefully you enjoy this episode um, coming up. But again, uh, season two of Frankentech is just right on the corner. Um, we're really excited about um, working out the kinks that we, we really reflected on. I'm really excited about getting a chance to show you um, how awesome my kids are, um, how amazing um, uh, the coaching staff that I was actually able to work with. Um, this is our way to kind of give back and to continue that process of, of learning and helping each other out. So I am uh, going to end this with one thought. What is your 20% project and what passion project do you have in mind? Thank you for